Welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth podcast. This podcast is about sharing strategies and ideas to help business owners build, protect, and transition their businesses for the future while creating more balance in their life. Your host is Thomas J. Perone, CLUCIC, and president of the New England Consulting Group of Guilford Incorporated, consulting business owners for over 50 years. Welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth. Hi, I'm Tom Perone, and I'm your host. And this podcast is all about learning strategies to build your business, to create greater profit, but to create also an abundance of leisure time so you can enjoy what you're building. Today, we have a wonderful guest, and I would like to introduce to you Deb Monfett, welcome to Building and Protecting Your Business Worth podcast. Deb, it's wonderful to have you here today. Thank you very much, Tom. I, I'm really looking forward to it. Well, uh, you know, we've talked in the past, and what you do is a passion of many people that are in business, and some stay away from it because it's challenging. So you have a great service to offer to a lot of people out there that are in business. But before we get into all of that, Deb, let's talk about uh, a little bit about you so people get to know you. Um, Deb is a content creator and strategist and a customer experience enthusiast. I I like that that phrase. And uh, talking with Deb, you can tell she is on a mission. And one of her missions is to grow the business-to-business, small-business entrepreneur and attract more customers with content people love to read. And it, isn't it true, Deb, you could be make the best widget in the world, but if you don't have any people in your waiting room, you, you got nothing to sell, right? That's for sure. Yeah. And this uh, Deb has got tremendous experience, two, let's see, two decades in corporate, four startups, and you have your own content business. And you know she's combined some two two experiences: the customer experience, where she listened to customers, and the content to help the executives, the marketers, and the owners create what the customers wanted as an experience. And Deb, I know you have unleashed a new program that you're really excited about, and you've been spending a lot of time. And we're going to get that in a little while. But I'd like to ask you a couple of questions because you do run a business. You've been involved with business. Um, So so how did you get started in this crazy world called copywriting? Uh, Well, I didn't start there. (laughs) I started as a um, computer graphics um, uh, expert in um, with Carnegie Mellon. Mm-hmm. And when I graduated, I, I went and jumped into uh, a startup. Uh, it was a combination of Carnegie Mellon and a business venture with um, Continental Can. And so I was working in corporate for well over two decades. Uh, and I started off in the, the packaging industry. And in this startup, we were taking the canned packaging industry from design to produ- production all digitally. So we worked with companies like Coca-Cola and Gillette razors. And it was really exciting. Um, But it was, it, it was completely a new venture. Uh, It was basically moving into the digital world. Um, And then after that, I set up a 3d design package access design access studio for a printer. 
And that was one of the first in the country. And in fact, Tom, it was right in your neck of the woods in Bridgeport, Connecticut. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Swan engraving. Then they changed the name to Swan Color Swan Color Graphics. I don't believe they're there anymore. <clears throat> but um, it was quite um, an interesting um, endeavor. And one of my first clients was Playtex Products, yes. the products division. Sure. And we redesigned the entire line of Germac hair care products, um, all digitally. And it was the first time they've ever done that. Um, and we created around 60 design variations and decreased their design to production time from six months to just under four weeks. And the reason I'm telling you all this is because in all of these new, exciting ventures, I had to figure out how to understand my clients and understand the possibilities that I could guide them to success and most importantly, earn their trust. Otherwise, they wouldn't go through with it uh, because I had to totally disrupt their workflows and move them into the future. And I also um, did about a thousand demonstrations in my corporate days on all sorts of new software from design to color correction to print. And one day I was asked by a potential customer, or I asked a potential customer, what if this system could save you three to five months of your time and money and produce a better design? And you know what he told me? He said, after seeing this demonstration, I trust your word that the software and what you say it does will solve my challenges and speed up my production. But if it doesn't, I trust that you will be there to make it right. And those are some of the things that I've never forgotten. And they stuck with me throughout my career. Um, and eventually, I ended up on the engineering side of things, testing products. And it really wasn't my game. I really wanted to get back into the creative side. So that's when I decided to explore new things and content stood out to me because I did content for so many years within corporate because I worked from marketing to product development to product design. And I worked directly with customers and service and training. So it was kind of like the perfect niche for me to, to jump to next. And after dabbling um, when, when a few things, I decided to actually just start a content co copywriting business for corporate clients. And that's how it all began. Uh, you know, it's interesting as you, I'm listening to this story, because I didn't know all of this. I know we chatted a little bit about it, but it, it, what's interesting about you is that you jumped into frontiers that had never been jumped into before and uh, audaciously and uh, a, little, a lot of courage because it could have gone the other way too. Oh yeah. And the scary part in the beginning was, I was out of college, so I was maybe in like 22, 21, and I had to work with people in cont Continental Can who were like my father's age. Yeah. And this, you know, the the part, the sad part was I knew that some of them would lose, lose their jobs because some of them didn't want to go into digital and they didn't understand it. So I had to try to train them and teach them and learn the packaging industry and can industry because I didn't know anything about that. I just knew the computer graphics part. <laughs> so it was really, and the men were wonderful. They were all men. They were wonderful. Um, but it was kind of sad because some of them in the end did lose their jobs. Yeah. Well, you know, you communicated with them and they gave you the feedback that you needed for the content to create what you did. And again, that's very brave too. You're much younger than these people. You're dealing with customers that have a lot of money on the line. 
so you're you're a bold lady. I got to give you a lot of credit. I didn't <laughs> know that. My God. Um, and and I think that story is going to give me the answer, but I'm going to ask it anyways. Um, obviously, you've been very successful. You jump in. So what do you think? What do you believe makes some people successful while others really struggle? What, looking at your own life. I think that, that you have to just look to the future. You can't just keep holding on to the past and holding on to things. You've got to keep moving forward. Um, it's difficult to change sometimes, but there's so much reward. So even when I'm looking at content, I don't just look at the challenges and the pain. I look at the opportunities because that's what really pulls three people through. You can help their pain, but then what? What happens after that? So I think you always have to keep looking forward at opportunities, taking the risks, and just see what you can do because there are a lot of things that that have you know been even through the pandemic that people have jumped into that made things easier and more successful for people. Oh, so you oh, can't, yeah, you absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Um, no, I think you're you're you just said something. Jumping with the risk and not worrying about failure, basically, is a key element that I hear from all the visionaries and the successful people. I hear that time and time again. I believe it. And obviously you lived it and believed it. So it's a good message. So don't be afraid to take some risk. Will you win all the time? No. Will you fail a bit? Yeah. And you just find another way of getting it done, right? Absolutely. And I, you know, I, it hasn't been all wins for me, but uh, you know, I've had so many things that got in the way, especially life. And you just have to pick yourself up and keep moving it. There's just too many things out there and too many people to meet to just stay stagnant. Yeah. And, you know, we're always reinventing ourselves for many reasons, but that's not a bad thing either. Um, and I think when you look at, a, like you just said, look at look in the future. Well, you may have to reinvent yourself because the future doesn't is not is not stopping. You can't stop. You have to look to the future, maybe change of what you're doing. So you need, I need, I think you need as a business owner flexibility to be able to move in all directions, if that makes any sense. Oh, absolutely. And one one other thing you need is collaboration. You really need, you can't do it by yourself. You have to have other people in your court and you have to be working with them. You know, that's an important, in my book, I talk a lot about that because in the financial planning area, people are afraid of losing clients. They don't want to collaborate. They're afraid of losing control. And I've always been the opposite. I've always felt, well, bring in everybody that's doing work with them. Let's find out what they're doing. And people fear that, but really that's the way it should work. And, uh, I'm seeing it more and more with the younger group that they like collaborating with each other. And I think that's a great thing. It really is. I think in what it makes the world go around and there, there are so many uh, things that people know in businesses. Um, you know, c competition is one thing, but I think you can be more successful when you open up even to competitors um, that are on the up and up and willing to work with you because you can develop different things together. Oh, absolutely. And and what in your business, what concerns you the most about being in business? Well, there are a lot of different things, you know, staying up with all the new new um, things that you have to learn and the new marketing techniques and having to do so many things at once. 
like marketing, like marketing my own business, um, doing the work for my clients, which comes first, um, and then learning things on top of that, and then also developing my own marketing materials. So there are a lot of buckets to fill. And so, so little time sometimes, huh? Right. <laughs> um, what are what are the key things that uh, you have to stay on top of in your business? Well, first, I have it, it's a nonstop learning process. Um, I take courses and master classes, and men, I have mentorships um, throughout the year. Every year, uh, I don't. I I don't. I have not had one year in my entire life of not learning something or not taking some sort of a course. You, you just can't, you can't do that because you can get behind so quickly. Yeah. And things are changing so, so dramatically uh, all the time. And uh, yeah, I can see where in your, you know, the technology alone has changed in your world so much. And, and even the Martin, you know, to people, you know, 1980s when I first start, started working with computers and marketing and you, you didn't hear a lot about uh, content marketing and, and then you started to hear about emotional driven marketing and all these things start to change and uh, it's evolved so I could see where you, you really need to be updated all the time to see what's going on and what the public's looking for. Um, you know with that being said uh, I want to talk a little bit about um, some cool stuff that you got going. Uh, you and I have been talking about something you've been developing and working on, and you call it the irresistible content. Deb, let's elaborate on that. Tell us all about it. Okay. Well, this was something I came up with about six years ago <clears throat> when I started my my content business. <clears throat> and I noticed that a lot of my customers uh, – they were just struggling. <clears throat> they couldn't come up with ideas. They didn't know what content to produce. Um, they just wanted to get content out there because they needed it. <clears throat> so there were a lot of issues and they, they, a lot of them focused on their company, their products, their services, and they kind of left out what the customer needed. <clears throat> so because of my customer experience background, <clears throat> I decided that I was going to just kind of do a ton of research and try to figure out some sort of a plan or a framework that I could use to actually create content that that was more valuable to to customers. And so I came up with irresistible content. And the idea is to keep your center your content on your customer. <clears throat> and when I say that, it's the center framework C E N T E R. So C for connect, E for engage, and for nurture. T for trust, E for educate, and R for repurpose. And connect is the foundation that many companies miss. And basically, it's the purpose for creating your content to attract your dream customers. Without a solid foundation, um, it's really difficult to get the rest to work together and to have, have successful content. Once you make the connection, and that is a part of your mission, part of your customer needs, and then also your topics, your main areas of expertise, those three um, actually produce the foundation or set the foundation for your content. Now, once you have their attention, you have to e-engage them to want more content. 
And this leads to end for nurture because your prospects are now interested and you need to stay in touch and guide them through their journey. And next, we have one of the most important tools in your toolkit, and that is to earn their T for trust. One way to build trust is to e-educate, basically teach people things they didn't know to make better decisions. And last, repurpose your content in different ways for different buyers and in different places to expand your reach. And there you have it. Center your content on your customer. And this framework will set your content up to be irresistible before you put a pen to paper. And I like to think of it as easy to use, a common sense approach to your content. And when I say content, I don't just mean written content. It could be podcasts. It could be um, video, graphics, the whole, I'm talking about all of it. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, no, it does. And uh, it's stuff that people even though they've heard a little dibs and dabs of it, forget about it. And I like the way you did this because it gives you a blueprint. I mean, if you just looked at the blueprint and you outlined what you were going to do, I do that quite a bit. It may take me a week or two to put it all together. But I like the way you put this because when you start to do it just off the cuff, you, you leave things out. You need to know that there's a structure. And you know what you, you also do? What you did here that I think a lot of people... Uh, may may not have observed you the nurture part. This is where we as business owners lose patience. You know, God, sometimes people aren't ready to pull the trigger for a long time, and they need to be nurtured and build trust. And I think that that N and that T and E are are really important, but they're long term engagements. I would th- I would think. And actually, this might make more sense to why this works is, have you heard of the three psychological needs discovered by the self-determination theory? No, I haven't, but let's talk about it. Okay. It's an organization with leading science research and human motivation from the world's top experts. And they discovered that there are three things that are important to our well-being. One is relatedness, two is autonomy, and three is competence. And these are important for our well-being, our self-worth, self-respect, and motivation. And believe it or not, these are universal needs, just like thirst, hunger, and sleep. So without these, basically, we suffer. And where this comes into play is relatedness. It's feeling connected to others, sharing things in common, like the social media support, and feeling people care. And autonomy is understanding what matters, having control feeling in control and making informed decisions. And competence is confidence in solving challenges, achieving goals, completing tasks, and having the right resources and skills. So the reason this is so important is because if any of these three are lacking, your audience's well-being will suffer as frustration sets in, engagement drops, and their motivation is drained. So irresistible content taps into all three psychological needs. You know, uh, this is interesting because just this morning I was listening to a, a, a video that Walt Hampton did of Summit co- Coaching. And we, you know Walter, Deb. Yes. And he, and he was mm-hmm. talking about, hey, you know, when you start your marketing and it didn't work out the way you expected it to do, hey, you, you know, you're not a failure. You just have to find another way of doing it. And I think sometimes people who are using marketing techniques like this, uh, don't realize that 
you know, you've got to fine tune it, but you need a blueprint to get it off the ground. But from there, you can, like you just said, it's not just written print. It could be podcast, could be video, it could be whatever it might, and you have to change it around. And the other three things that you mentioned on technology, I mean, uh, uh, relating and autonomy and is uh, this is where if you use social media correctly, I think you can find a lot there because you are in community. You are making, you know, you're doing, you're going forward with messages and someone's listening out there, you know? Oh, definitely. And I think, I think, you know, most people don't think of it in, in, in terms of this in-depthness because um, it, it is very important for our universal needs. And I don't think that a lot of people understand that because they just think they're marketing their products and services, but there's a lot more to it than that. What are the, what are some of the value drivers that have helped you um, grow your business and also help grow your clients' businesses that you've worked with? A couple of things I would say, you know, first of all, really understanding who their customers are and, you know, what their needs are, what the mission for their company is. Uh, it And that boils down to mindset, you know, like what, how, how what do they want to do to help their customers? It's not so much about what their product does, but in the end, do they want their customer to <clears throat> have less stress? Do they want them to, uh, like in my case, <clears throat> my mission is to just make it irresistible, uh, so irresistible that that people want to come back for more. And whatever I do in my my life, I make it try to make it irresistible. Like if I'm cooking dinner, I like to, you know, do it a little different and maybe cook a gourmet meal. Or if I'm baking a birthday cake for my daughter, make it extra special. Because when I get to uh, my business, I already have that mindset. So it makes it easy and more fun for me to actually do my business. So that's what I mean by like vision and mindset. Yeah. Yeah. And there's a great book. uh, First of all, uh, 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 the vision code just uh, written by uh, Oleg Kavo. I can't pronounce his name. Konovovich. Konovovich. I'm screwing up his name, but it's called the vision code. Great book to read for those people that really are, are looking at vision and trying to create things. Um, And cyber cybernetics. What you just said was interesting because I find a lot of the good successful people do think of things, let it sit around for a while, and all of a sudden it just pops out. You could be cooking some spaghetti, right? And boom, that that idea just grows out like a a branch, right? So uh, I think it comes down to taking time off because I know your schedule from what we've talked. You you have a heavy schedule (laughs) with all these things. So um, it's interesting. Deb, I want to come back to when uh, a, a person, a client calls you and say, I, I was referred to you to do this work. Can you tell us the procedure of how you get going with a with a business person and what they want? Sure. Um, well, we would discuss, you know, basically their needs and if we're a fit for each other, uh, because, you know, not everyone's a fit for each other. Um, if people are not open to things, uh, they may be better uh, working with the person who is more closed-minded. Um, I I like to, 
you know, make sure that I'm taking care of their needs. And, um, you know, we just talk about what, what they want. And then I also give um, opportunities to expand. For instance, when I work with my clients and let's say they want a white paper, I always try to inject the, um, the repurposing part of it because I don't think that it's to their advantage just to do a one-off piece of content. Um, you know, whether or not they hire me to do the extra pieces is one thing, but I want them to know that if I'm doing a, or a case study white paper, or even an article, um, that I can move them into reaching more people in different ways. So if I understood, let's say I wanted to talk about topic Y, and I called you and said, let's do a white paper on topic Y. Mm -hmm. uh, I think what you just said to me was, okay, that's fine. But you need to have something that's a little more consistent on top of that. That might be parts of it. It might be a different form of getting it out there. It might uh, be different timing. Is that what you're saying? Yes, it might be a matter of um, coming up with certain segments of that white paper or topics and writing some articles first to prime people uh, get people excited for your white paper. And then those articles, actually the topics in those articles are in your white paper. Or maybe then you can pull out social media posts for that. Or maybe you design a graphic that's, that is a part of your white paper. And so there's more pieces to that puzzle than just the white paper because there's more, more things that you can do with it, more people that you can reach with it rather than just have one white paper. Because people like to look at things in different ways. Maybe in the beginning, they like more graphics or maybe they just like a blog post. So um, I always advise looking at the bigger picture rather than to say, I just want one piece. Right. And I, I actually helped a client who uh, had an analyst do their white paper and it came back and nobody wanted to read it. The VPs wouldn't even edit it. It was just unreadable. Uh, and they paid them a lot of money for it. Uh, and so the um, director of marketing came to me and said, I just don't know what to do. Can you help us? And I said, sure. So I took it apart. I created a huge infographic on the process. It was a process infographic. So then, uh, and then two articles off of that. And then they could take the process infographic and they could take pics of it and then add it to their uh, white paper to make it more interesting. So we were able to come up with a really um, engaging white paper by just picking it all apart. So yeah. there's, and they could use it then. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I bring this up only because people think doing this is one dimensional. They, they copy oh. it. Well, it's not one dimensional. I, no. from my experience. And what do you think about uh, people who are in business that have a message that they're really passionate about of writing a short book. Have you helped anybody with a book? Uh, with eBooks and with um, white papers and guides and those sorts of things. And I, I am trained in book writing, uh, but I haven't done a complete book. I've written two eBooks on my own. Um, and I think that that's a wonderful idea. And some people start by, uh, looking at the blog posts they've done or processes that, that they've come up with and then then compile a book from there. Or some people start from the beginning. So it really depends. But that's a wonderful way because that's a way that you can um, offer something free to someone. Or, I mean, even if it's a few dollars, um, 
it, it's a great way to uh, show people your expertise and right. a great way to have a lot of content from that. It could be even webinars. It could be um, guides, eBooks, whatever, you know, social media posts. I mean, there's a plethora of information you can get from a book. Actually, that's how I wrote my book. I have a tremendous amount of articles going back many years on my blog. And plus I had a story and I, nice. I, it, put them all together. And uh, so I, you know, people that have a, a good blog or they like to write should really have a conversation with you about how to take all that and put it into the form of a, uh, of an ebook or even a, a published paper book that you can do through Amazon. Mike sure. Capuzzi, you know, Mike Capuzzi, don't you? Uh, no, I don't. Uh, well, I'll introduce you to you. You'll be on his podcast pretty soon then. I, I'll, uh, but he does that a lot. He calls them shooks. Little, little oh. books. Yeah. And, <laughs> I and, love that. Yeah. And, you know, so you know how to write a book and stuff. Some people think it's That's a big, right. big thing. Yeah. You put a little time in. But um, see, I, I believe I, exactly what you said. You could take white paper and turn it in a lot more than what you're really doing it. And then when you add it with other media, uh, you can make it a really a foundation of your message that you have an emotion for. But you need to have someone like you put the right words and the the, get the emotion in it. I think it's a fabulous subject, you know, what you do. Um, well, here's we, the thing is, is that these things live on like this, the irresistible content um, master plan, I call it was create really created six years ago. And uh, I had incredible success. And Bill Doer was one of the first people that heard about this <laughs> and he contacted me and through a podcast, I introduced it and that's how he found me. And then he introduced me to a gentleman on the West coast, Ray Stendhal, and he was the editor of customer engagement magazine. So we got to know each other. He loved the concept and he, he brought me on board. And I, for, before I knew it, I had two cover stories on it and I had um, seven articles in the digital publication and I was the editor of the magazine. Wow. So it was amazing. I was doing interviews here and going to conferences on the East coast and he was on the West coast. So everything was going great until life got in the way and I had a serious illness and I had to jump out of the picture for like two years. So that's why I didn't bring this forward. And since the pandemic hit, I realized the importance of it. So I'm bringing it back. So my point is that content, if you do it right, lives on for a very long time. It, it does. You should, uh, uh, to tell you, you might think about doing a course, a, 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 a web course on it too, because there's so much to writing that you can't, unless you're a writer, you have no idea how deep it can go. And you do it very, very well. And here's another question I have for you, Deb. When, normally, how, how long do you end up working with a client once they engage you? Oh, it could be years. I mean, it really yeah. depends. You know, depends it, a lot of people seem to be moving jobs. So that kind of like if I'm working with someone and and they decide to move jobs, um, that that happens, you know, when then I'll lose the company because you know their people like their own people, or you know, like they that's that's you know, it's 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 tough sometimes to follow companies, but I mean it could be you know a one-off thing or it could be long term. So it really depends. And so let's say, uh, let's take another hypothetical, because there's a lot of people that listen to the podcast that are very small. 
they don't have a big budget and they're saying, gee, this sounds good, but I don't know where to start. And I have this message. I have this product that's great. What would you advise someone um, besides giving you a call and having a conversation? What would you advise a startup type of company? Not a lot of money, but potential is good. What would you what would you advise them to jump into as far as getting the message out? Okay. Um, well, I'm actually in the process of um, developing a, a group coaching. Um, and uh, it, I'm, I'm rolling this whole process into something that I call um, the checklist formula. And basically it's never be stuck again on creating a lead generator for your business. Um, it's a process that I created for, and I call it checklist, but it goes into a lot more than that. Mm-hmm. So that might be a place to to come up with, you know, once you get so, a fo- solid foundation on the ideas, um, that that would be a great place to start. Um, and then later, I'm going to get into a big full blown course on this whole uh, process. But that would be a great like mini course to jump into. Like I said, I'm I'm working on it right now. Um, I have a new website that just got up last night. So (laughs) (laughs) I'm working through all this, but I would um, advise someone, uh, you could just go on my site. And when I get a few more things up, uh, some of the links are broken. That's why I say this right now, Um, but I'm getting things going. But um, I would first look into really get a, get a hold on your vision of your company what what does your company actually that book that you mentioned would be a great resource um get clear on your vision get clear on your ideal customer your dream customer your audience and get get clear on what you are an expert in and then i would make lists of questions that your potential customer has and answer them and let me ask you this, because I mean, you have a lot of knowledge of, of getting all this together. Someone's totally lost. Are are you available in your practice to help them formulate a vision with you? Because sometimes people can't get off the mark. Sure. Yeah, I, I have a um, like a 90 minute strategy session if someone um, needs guidance. Okay, great. And and Deb, what is the ideal uh, client that you work with? Okay. Um, again, this right now I have two businesses. <laughs> so, in my uh, content business, uh, my ideal client um, is medium si- small to medium sized companies who need a lot of content. Um. And they need help with it. And now in my irresistible content um, business, I'm looking at the um, like entrepreneurs to small businesses who can do, you know, some of the work themselves basically, but they need the guidance to get there. So it's kind of like a a two, two section or or a two sector uh, niche on each end. Which is is actually very good because you get it in two dimensions. And, uh, uh, you know, a lot of us who have certain 
services. Sometimes it's not just one, you might have multiple services. And that's another question. When you have a company that has multiple services and different messages, that in itself is another ball game to work on, huh? Yes, it is. Yeah. 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 Like for instance, um, I, I've done a uh, really different type of case study and I call it the um, case study makeover. And what I'm, what I gave you a link for is a special um, it's just a free uh, playbook. I call it. And it goes through my process of designing a, a very different type of case study where everyone benefits and everyone wins. So it's a win for the prospect, it's a win for the customer, and it's a win for the company. Perfect. So that might be a good place to start because customer success stories are, are really key to um, create for your business. Yeah, and, and that, that is right. And it's um, it, it runs that level with testimonials. Uh, um, you know, Deb, I know I'm going to list everything in the show notes. So Everything you have will be there for people to to get to. Um, but is there any uh, last tips that you'd like to uh, share with us, or anything else that you'd like to to say about copywriting and marketing? Yeah, actually, I have a, a little quote that I I'd like to leave with you. Sure. Um, there is no I in content. But there is an I in inspire, influence, and impact. And that means to center your content on your customer, not your company, so that you can inspire, influence, and impact them to make better decisions they feel good about and in your favor. The What a tip, and people forget it, because if you look in any yellow paper, or the yellow pages, are you... You're not old enough to remember yellow pages. <laughs> sure, I, I remember. <laughs> <laughs> but it was always about the company, about the awards, about yeah. everything but the customer, which is the most boring thing in the world. And great copywriters like yourself know that's no, that's a no-no. We want to talk about you, you, and you. And I think that's the greatest tip I think people are wasting their money by talking about how big their company is and, you know, that kind of stuff, all about the company. And I know you agree with me. Um, I, I, I always love this subject. And, Deb, you've been fantastic here. Um, I, everything you. will be listed. Uh, but Deb, is uh, she's the real thing, folks. She knows how to get this stuff done. And I would just say this. If you're looking for more customers and you're trying to find ways of having people dial up to find out more about what you're offering, usually you'll see it in Deb's marketing ability to bring those people, get the phone ringing as they say, you need something and copywriting is is really white papers and books and all that stuff. Uh, Deb, thank you so much. Um, I, I can... I appreciate it very much because writing my book, Unlocking Your Business DNA, really took a long time, but um, I learned a lot by doing it. Um, I don't know if I have another book in me, maybe so, but I found out how difficult it is to sustain writing for a long period of time. But uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it really, especially with, I'm like ADD, right? Um <laughs> So and congratulations, that, by the way, congratulations on your on your book. That's fantastic. Well, thank you. Yeah, it's going really, really well. And uh, I have to tell you, just let me a little note to back up what you're saying. Um, 
the the book has been a great resource to hand out to my potential clients and other business people that I work with uh, because they get to read this. It's it's 20,000 words. It's probably, I don't know, 112 pages. You can read it in an hour, but it's got a lot of great content about working. But my point of all this is that I get more play on the book than anything else I do. Really? So, okay. Yeah. So the, the shooks and the white papers and they work very, very well. And I consider a book being a big white paper, but, um, but Deb, uh, uh, I really do appreciate um, you coming and folks, uh, you'll find Deb's podcast probably next week sometime. And in the show notes, you'll have all the links to go to and how to contact Deb. And I would recommend that you have a conversation with Deb. Deb, if someone calls you just out of curiosity and they want to talk to you, do you offer something like a uh, a free period of time to talk to them? Or oh, of course, yeah, I have a, a free twenty minute consultation. Perfect. Okay, uh, Deb, thank you so much, and folks, thanks for listening to this podcast. Everybody, be safe. Thank you, Deb. Thank you. Thank you, everybody. Well, I want to thank everybody for tuning in and listening. It was a good show today. And uh, if you would help us out by subscribing, click a like. Uh, if you have any ideas or thoughts that you would like to share with us, please email me at tperone, that's P-E-R-R-O-N-E, at N-E-C-G-G-I-N-C dot com. And if you are a business owner or you know business owners that would like to participate on our show, certainly let me know. We certainly welcome everyone who is a business owner to help people out there that are running businesses with great ideas and strategies to make them successful. So again, thanks for tuning in. I certainly appreciate it. Thank you for tuning in. Whenever you're ready to grow and protect your business while creating more balance in your life, here are three steps you can take. One, subscribe to this podcast. To request a free copy of Tom's newly published book, Unlocking Your Business DNA, email Tom at tperone at necgginc.com. And on the subject line, type DNA. Include your mailing address. And thirdly, take the one-minute scorecard and report to see how efficient you are in your business planning. Email tperone at necgginc.com and request scorecard. For additional information, click the show notes.